Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a driver reach and freight waves production. I'm Leah Shaver, president and CEO of the National Transportation Institute. In Jeremy's absence, I'm excited to be back with you to host another exceptional leader on the podcast today. On this show, we interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insight to the driver life cycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. Your feedback is very important to us and your kind reviews keep us on the hunt for more great talent to put in front of you. Please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you are using to listen. Today, we welcome to the show one of my favorite personalities in the industry and someone on the front lines of pairing the right drivers with the right jobs. Sean Horton, VP of Sales at Jobs and Logistics and JobsandTrucks.com. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to Taking the Higher Road. Awesome. And thank you for having me. It's been so long, uh, you know, I've been waiting for the opportunity, you know. Uh, very happy to have you, Leah. Um, I miss, I hope uh, Mr. Raymer is uh, doing well. We will um, just tell him that I beat him to the punch as it pertains to having you on as a guest uh, on the show. So, Sean, I want to start with an icebreaker here. I have to ask about your signature look, the bow tie. Give us the bow tie backstory and how it came to be your signature look. And before you you, you share with us, I just want you to know um, there is one bow tie in the Shaver household. It is a green sequin bow tie. It's even seasonally appropriate, but I just didn't want to take away from your own sparkle. So tell us about your signature look, the bow tie. Well, I, I appreciate the opportunity as it is uh, quite the talking point with many, as you can imagine. So it's actually a beautiful story. Um, you know, you can't uh, can't buy this kind of stuff. But uh, ultimately, when the day is said and done, I started with this organization, Jobs and Logistics and JobsandTrucks.com. My wonderful president, Amy Noah, said, hey, Sean, you know what? You have a great personality. We really need to get you in the trenches and really get you involved here in the trucking and transportation space. So she said, we're going to the Mid-America Truck Show. And I said, great. I don't know what the Mid-America Truck Show is, but I'm happy to jump on board. So fast forward, I'm the guy that shows up in a three-piece suit with bow ties to the Mid-America Truck Show. So saying that one of us is not like the other might be an understatement, um, as I very much stood out among the masses. Um, and the rest is more or less history, as it took on like wildfire. Most people thought I was an accountant or a lawyer. But uh, ultimately, when the day is said and done, it's worked as I now am officially the bow tie guy in the trucking and transportation space. Well, ironically, uh, you say it was to stand out in the crowd, and that is exactly how we see you here at NTI. So I love that that's part of the backstory. And I know Amy very well. Um, but frankly, your bow tie is is why you are here and not, not her. So um, thank you so much for being the one to stand out in the crowd. Um, one question that I always like to ask our guests on the show, because it's a common theme in our industry, including for me, people in trucking don't necessarily seek out careers in the industry, but they land here unintentionally. When they do, they realize what an amazing industry it truly is, that it gets in your veins and they end up staying for a long time. It can become part of your identity even, and it truly has for me and so many other people that I know. So I want to ask about your backstory, how you found yourself working with Amy in the trucking industry. You have a background in digital marketing and sales, and now you've been in various roles at Jobs and Logistics for like over 10 years, right? So give us your trucking backstory real fast. Of course. Quick and easy. It's actually uh, quite funny. 
Uh, so previously, I worked for Career Builder uh, in Gannett, um, helping support, of course, their um, uh, their efforts to provide digital solutions to newspaper, print media, advertisers in the individual newspaper market. So that's ultimately where I got my space. I supported uh, healthcare and manufacturing clients most definitely. So nothing to do with logistics and transportation at all. Um, fast forward, I found myself looking for employment, and I got a phone call from a little British gentleman by the name of Don Firth. Um, he told me he was the CEO and owner of a company named JohnsonLogistics.com. And I said, okay, thank you for your time. And I actually hung up on it. Um, I had not recalled or was not aware of, uh, of course, the, the sites themselves. And, uh, you know, the unfortunate reality is that um, I had programmed myself to be a little bit more on edge when starting to hear um, a voice that um, had a little bit of an accent on it, not to um, be that guy fully, but uh, just kind of part of it in the recruitment and advertising space where your ears kind of perk up. So fast forward, um, did a little bit of research, discovered this was a real little British man that uh, does have a fantastic organization. Uh, so promptly called him back um, and was fortunate enough to uh, not have shot myself in the foot and uh, did uh, successfully gain an interview with both the uh, Amy, and then um, at the time, our vice president was Emma Firth, or Dodd's daughter, and uh, the rest is more or less uh, history at this point. All right. Well, we're glad to have you, of course, um, not only in the industry, but of course, on today's show. So let's dive into those recruiting topics. I'm curious to hear your take on this last year. 2023, the story of the year is pretty much wrapped up. How would you describe it, the main trends, the themes, the takeaways from your perspective as a vendor working in the driver recruiting space in 2023? Um, Eye-opening and challenging. Um, I'd say the the two simple terms that um, I would look to characterize. So I'm still being a novice in the space. So having just under a decade of experience in the transportation and logistics industries, I still learn as I go. Um, So to hear the great sages of of the, the industry sharing that they've never experienced anything like anything they have experienced previously, that's a little bit of an eye opener when said and done. Um, you know, folks that continually had provided sense of optimism, senses of understanding as we navigated COVID and find ourselves today. Um, you know, it's it's eye opening, and of course, it is um, a bit challenging, right? Uh, being in a vendor space where carriers are not seeing the freight they need to come in. Um, of course, they're then not hiring drivers, so someone in my shoes uh, can struggle and be challenged a bit when it comes down to not really being needed by many, um, as has been accustomed to for previous years before. Yep. All right. Well, let's look at the other side of that question then. Looking ahead uh, to 2024, based on what you're hearing from the fleets that you work with and have for many years, and what you're evaluating as someone in the industry, what are your best guesses for next year? Take out your crystal ball and tell us what you think, um, and try to get a reflection of the bow tie for the rest of us. Of course, of course. So, you know, at this point in time, we are starting to see positive trends. So I am starting to see some of my carriers and clients coming back to life, uh, seeing freight coming back in um, and having that need to, of course, hire drivers, which is a uh, good just initial sense of optimism as we close out the year and we look to 2024. Um, Crystal ball, right, um, obviously depends on the secret sauce and those that you kind of read, subscribe to and look into the different reporting and different messaging that does come out. Um, from what I see and what I would guess is we're going to have a, a good, decent start for Q1, but we're still going to struggle. Um, there's still much realigning that needs to take place. And I see a strong sense of optimism as we get into Q2. Um, and this especially comes from, um, of course, the Fed announcing they're going to be pulling back or not increasing overall interest rates. So I think some of the, the fears and some of the unknown that plagued 
many of us, whether it's the consumers, of course, we need to be buying stuff. Um, or again, it's the carriers and the producers looking to provide goods for us to move and ship. Um, I, I will see a turnaround in that Q2 uh, segment with 2024 overly uh, uh, being a, a positive year when said and done. Excellent. Well, you heard it here first. First, um, So, Sean, when I look at your company site, specifically jobsandtrucks.com, part of the broader jobs and logistics network, I see such an expansive mix of job roles, fleet types, qualifications, local, regional, line haul, private fleet, dedicated fleet, package delivery, class A, class B, class C. I have a few questions based on that. And my first revolves around your process for gathering the details about the job in the initial aspect of working with a customer. What are these conversations like? How do you, Sean, work with companies when they come to Jobs and Trucks to gather all of those details to make sure you properly understand the business and can effectively fill those openings? Um, so opening up, getting the clients, getting the carriers to be as absolutely transparent as possible is key. Uh, many come in, uh, you know, having looked to take steps forward with individual campaigns, individual needs in various formats which can, you know, hinder them from being open, optimistic, and then, of course, uh, being forthcoming with information and insights that are pertinent. Um, a key piece for me is really what you are wanting to accomplish, right? You know, just because you are needing to hire a Class A CDL in Indianapolis does not tell the whole story. What is it and the why behind why you're needing to hire this driver? Is it due to growth? Is it due to, unfortunately, attrition? You know, what is the end game that we're looking to accomplish? And that ultimately opens up the conversation as to why we need to fill this role and what's going to be a good fit um, in order to take positive steps forward to not only hire and bring in a qualified driver, but a driver that is also going to stay um, with the organization. Um, it is much more than just a, hey, I need a CDLA in Indianapolis, Indiana. All right. So my second question then, what is the communication process in regards to expectations of how and when a job gets filled? And what I mean by that is if you've got a high paying private fleet job where benefits start day one and the driver's home every night and that's positioned next to a traditional over the road job where applicants know that's going to be a lot of time away from home. It's going to be basically more of a grind. Right. And and possibly less money. So how do you communicate with fleets when they're hiring for different jobs about the expectations of how that job gets filled and when? Of course. So uh, politicians answer here. So I apologize. Is uh, It is a bit uh, unique for each individual client and each individual role that we would even be looking to support and work on. Um, so, you know, apples to apples, um, you know, I wouldn't even necessarily dock those two types of roles or positions up against one another, simply because we are looking at targeting a fully different demographic and a different type of driver between the two, uh, between the two individual positions and two individual organizations. And that kind of goes back to that discovery phase, which you asked about before. What is our end goal and what is the perfect fit to truly achieve our goal um, in order to effectively provide uh, expectations and results? Um, what we're going to pour into said local home daily role or said over the road role is going to be completely different based off of organization. So as much as I hate to give a politician's answer, it really does come down to the carrier, the role, and of course, the market itself. All right. Well, now instead of accountant and attorney, uh, folks are considering politician as the third reason for the origin yes. of the bow tie. I mean, no. Um, all right. Last question on this and we'll move on. At NTI, our team has certainly seen an expansion of the number of job types available to professional drivers. 
more companies, greater diversity of roles, broader pay ranges, you name it. I'm guessing you've seen that at your company too in the types of jobs that you market for over, let's say, the past five years. So my question in setting all that up is, Again, if you look into that crystal ball for us, where do you see that trend going in the next three to five years? As, as folks have evolved, what will separate the companies who are successful in meeting their workforce needs within that trend from those who struggle to hire and retain the drivers that they need? Um, those that are continuing to be able to diversify and be transparent as to the roles and goals of what they're looking to accomplish. Um, you know, I'd say an, an easy response to that is carriers are starting to understand that we live in a customizable, very personable world, right? I can get on any websites, I can get on, or really anything that I do in my life is very personable and specific to me, what I'm doing and what I need. So as you see, more and more of the carriers understand more about what type of driver do I truly need to fill X role, we're going to see more and more expansion of the individual role types. Um, specifically, I see more and more um, opportunities that are including uh, technology uh, on the forefront of those advertisements and the importance and the need um, to be inclusive of, you know, that element of the potential job. As technology gets to be more entrenched in the individual roles, we're going to be seeing drivers themselves essentially being more and more of, quote unquote, uh, tech advisors in addition to what they are doing from that driver perspective. Um, so I just see a uh, continued um Uh, continued growth and continued expansion as to what we're seeing today. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Well, I got to steer back to you for a minute, Sean. Do it. I noticed in your work history on LinkedIn that you spent some time in Australia when you were in college. So my first question is, did you get exposed to any trucking down under? They have quite a trucking culture, if I'm not mistaken. They do have an amazing trucking culture, and I'll be upfront in saying at that time, uh, trucking and transportation were not even on my radar as I simply found myself in the business as, uh, you know, kind of shared with what got me here in the first place, as seems to be the case with many. But no, uh, my college years, I was uh, more focused on uh, kind of my education. You know, I was going to business school, so I was going to be the next great CEO, you know, all that good stuff when you go to business school. And um, being in Australia, I was uh, a little bit more concerned with... uh, surfing and, uh, you know, checking out the local brews, of course. So, uh, nope, unfortunately, no trucking there. Uh, of all the study abroad uh, programs and history that I've seen, and I, I have to tell you, I've looked at thousands of resumes in my human resources career for over 22 years now. I've never seen Australia um, for that program. So I was pretty impressed. And slightly more seriously, can you just share a little bit about your time there um, did it translate to any of the work that you did or skills that you picked up in your job today? I mean, for those of us, this is really going to date me. But, uh, you know, I think of like, um, you know, what was that guy in Australia, the movie back in the 80s? Um, Paul something was his name. Do you know what I'm talking Crocodile about? Crocodile Dundee. Like, it's, yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's obviously I, I'm truly aging myself, including my memory. But, um, you know, the fact is, it's not all the outback, right? 
that now you're you're absolutely correct there's much more than the outback although the outback does uh, encompass quite a lot of the continent uh and of course you know the history and i will say uh maybe dating myself as well that steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter was my man and part of the focus on being an australian in the first place and i will say in that um adventure that was visiting and living in perth australia i was able to see the crocodile hunter live at the australia zoo before his unfortunate passing. So that's a special little claim to fame in my world there. But uh, as a whole, when I was in Perth, um, when I was studying was, uh, I was studying monetary economics. Um, and I actually have a minor in economics and a minor in cultural anthropology. So um, fast forward and utilizing those two elements of my experience there um, is understanding the times. Um, you know, oddly enough, I do uh, love economics. Um, I love reading reports. I love understanding the moving and shaking of how our world works. And of course, everything we're experiencing here in the States from an economic perspective, as well as, you know, what's affecting us in other countries. And of course, the world as a whole, since we are so interconnected these days. Um, takeaways from both um, would really be my ability to be more open-minded and more understanding, or one might say, um, listen to understand as opposed to listening to respond. And I say that in the reason my goal or my, my focus in going to Australia was simply on the fact that I needed to go someplace that spoke English and I was going to enjoy myself, right? So fast forward, I find myself in a quote-unquote English-speaking country expecting to have many elements of my American life being prevalent there. So easy example, refills are free, right? At no point in my life would I ever have expected to walk into a McDonald's and then find I'm going to have to pay for my refill, right? But that was eye-opening in telling me that, hey, I can't just make assumptions based on what I think I know. I need to be inquisitive and I need to be open-minded and willing to listen. And that is very much important. Back to those initial conversations with carriers and those I'm looking to work with. Um, you know, Am I going ahead and assuming what I think I know or am I truly listening to understand what their goals, challenges are and how to effectively take them um, you know, over the finish line from a hiring perspective. Actually, uh, I would venture to say that if there's one takeaway that our listeners have from this entire episode, um, outside of your unique character, uh, it would be that idea of listening to understand. I think, especially at this time of year and, and you know, branching into the first quarter can be a difficult time for drivers. And there's a lot to be said um, can be heated, can be very casual, but in the, in the midst somewhere in there, there's there's definitely something being said. And so um, the more that we listen to our people, um, to their concerns, whether they're drivers in the office, uh, techs, you know, on the trucks, I, I think it's a, a great learning lesson for all of us. And, and that's the one I'm tucking into my pocket. Um, I want to stick with Sean the man for another beat here. We all know the space that you work in is quite crowded. There are many, many vendors working in a driver recruiting support. And there are also lots of big personalities within that sector, too. Other than the bow tie, of course, how do you differentiate yourself in a crowded market like that? What do you do to stand out and make yourself and your company a preferred vendor? Um, well, there's a couple of answers that I can throw to that. But I, I, I would say that the biggest piece for me is, is creating the most positive experience possible. So we all know that we can... You know, have the main, the biggest dumpster fire in the world. Rails are coming off the whole nine yards. But when the day is said and done, um, you can still maintain a degree of positivity and ultimately walk away from a negative experience still thinking from a positive perspective. Um, that paired with um, our customer service and our overall entrenchment and understanding of, of course, the industry and what we're doing. 
Uh, we're not a an organization that's claiming to be all things to all people. Um, we do look to, of course, be a very strong supporter in the industries and everything that we serve. But, you know, times can be challenging. Um, and it's important for us to all know and work together to understand that. We win together and we fail together. And this guy is absolutely a fan of winning. Um, so with that being said, um, you know, providing the utmost insights that we possibly can, um, ensuring that we both know what our end goal is and what we're needing to accomplish as we take steps forward in uh, either just developing a campaign or fully executing campaigns. So this makes you think that likewise, fleets are also in a very crowded market, um, both customer facing and driver facing, and they have to stand out in the crowd. So what can they do to make themselves successful and sought after employers both now and then looking into the future? So um, not just kind of following the mix, um, you know, look to be yourself as an organization and look to share what has allowed your organization to be in existence, um, you know, to this day. Um, you know, too many times I look at job descriptions all day long and they all look the same. Everybody wants to put a, you know, a sign on bonus in here. We have great pay. We have this. We have that. What elements of your organization create the culture you had that allow folks to stay or have the desire to stay and have tenure? But then more importantly, what are you doing, um, of course, to continue to be forward thinking and to continue to grow um, your organization and your presence? Um, I think many of those pieces are, are very important. I just got back from uh, the Veterans Ready Summit uh, in uh, D.C. And I myself was very much eye-opened to the areas that uh, our organization can improve, but a message that Many organizations can be doing to consider themselves veterans ready. It's a matter of how are you messaging it? How are you sharing that? Or are you just falling into the mix of everybody else and just saying, I'm supporting hiring veterans. We support veterans and really taking nothing, uh, not putting pedal to the metal, I would say. So true. There's, we experience that, um, you know, similarly with engaging with more women in the industry, something that so many folks are, are looking to do and, and to improve on. And, um, you know, someone likened it to uh, backing breast cancer when breast cancer research and recognition first became um, prevalent. There were a lot of folks that might put pink, you know, on their marketing in the month of October, or slap a pink ribbon somewhere. But that doesn't translate to uh, accommodating for medical leave um, without any worry of job, you know, while being treated for breast cancer or um, better screening or treatment, et cetera. So in any event, um, I hear what you're saying. And, and it makes me think of drivers as well. There has to be both asks from companies uh, that are unique as the jobs have changed and the company portfolios have changed within, um, you know, jobsandtrucks.com. But uh, how do you think drivers can make themselves more attractive as a job candidate and land the role that they want for their career, their overall career, especially when um, so many recruiters are kind of looking for that new lead as it pops into their inbox. So, you know, just as if for the organizations, you know, don't uh, don't fall into the, the suit uh, or don't be told what you need to share. Um, you know, uh, from a from a driver perspective, um, you know, I look at short form applications. I look at full applications and there's definitely a lot to be told. Uh, many of them just, OK, what do you know? What type of route are you looking for? Where does your experience lie? Do doubles tank? Um, I've been driving for 10 years, et cetera, et cetera. But there's much more of a story. Tell us about your safety, right? Tell us about how many miles that you've driven without any accidents, around any preventable accidents. Um, there's so many pieces of what a driver has done in their career that don't necessarily make it onto a short form or a long form application or even a resume for that. 
Um, and that's something that we very much push and see on jobsandtrucks.com as we do provide that opportunity for the drivers to elaborate further on their experience and why they are truly the best candidate for said opportunity. Um, unfortunately, whether it's drivers or whether it's non-driver type roles, many candidates are not trained to fully sell themselves. I mean, let's face it, when the day is said and done, right, carriers are selling opportunities to drivers and drivers are selling themselves to carriers, right? So if both of the two pieces of the puzzle do not necessarily mesh or align, we find ourselves, again, continuing to struggle. True story. Uh, another thing that I always like to ask is about trucking's next generation, and you have a unique perspective here, I'm sure. We obviously have an aging workforce in trucking, and we have a hard time being sticky with younger newcomers, in large part due to career path models of having to work the toughest job in the industry, often with the lowest pay, just to prove yourselves worthy of better jobs in the industry. So my question to you is, how does your company modify the reach, the platform, the messaging, the engagement, you name it, to get in front of younger people and maybe not even just today, but tomorrow? What's the plan for tomorrow? Of course. Uh, well, we look, of course, to follow trends. Um, you know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, TikTok is obviously the first thing that just kind of comes to mind whenever I hear about, you know, looking to connect with the younger generation. And that's ensuring that we're, of course, messaging in the proper channels. Right. Um, I think Facebook is for, you know, us old folks. I'm a geriatric millennial, I think is how they bucket list me these days. So, you know, you may or may not still find me on Facebook and see that as a, you know, a value uh, place to advertise. But when you start looking at TikToks, you start looking at threads, you start looking at other areas where we are finding the younger generation. It's important to have a presence, um, even so much as if it's just sharing a funny video with your name, your logo and some type of affiliation, you're at least creating that awareness. Right. I can't tell you how many uh, kids today don't even necessarily know that an Amazon, for example, is in the logistics and transportation space. Uh, many just think of them as a tech giant, right, where I order all my stuff. Well, when you order all that stuff, how does it get there? Well, there's many, many drivers and many distribution facilities and many other elements in their space that allow that to happen. So, you know, it's ultimately making sure that we are aligned with where the youth are finding themselves absorbing media, absorbing data, but that also messaging and ensuring that we're sharing specifics and insights about the organizations and what we're doing. And to really tie it off is amplify the tech that's coming on board. Um, so many of the trucks, as we think to automation, we think to, I mean, even obviously the, the, the truck, excuse me, the trucks that still have our drivers, it's going to be a long time before it's going to be a standalone um, automated driving. But uh, really what's involved in the driver and the technology is being utilized. Um, all of those pieces really look to make up a full focus, full campaign and positioning yourself to bring on the uh, the youth of tomorrow. All right. Last question. Uh -oh. And I think I think that we are even uh -oh. quite possibly the last interview for taking the higher road for 2023. It's possible. Um, don't quote me on that. But. I, I need to know, do you have a New Year's resolution heading into 2024? I do. I do. I am taking my life back. Um, so using Women in Trucking and the Veterans Ready Summit as a focal point, um, I consistently have had one toe out, one toe in, in many different areas of my life. I've allowed 2023 and all the wonderment to basically rule me. Um, 2024, I'm ruling, I'm ruling my life and ruling it. So I really am looking to do away with much of the clutter and really focus on areas that are important to not only grow myself personally, uh, you know, intrinsically and extensively, but 
of course, in my industry and what my organization is doing. Um, I think you made the comment about breast cancer. You know, there's far more than just, you know, throwing money at a challenge and putting a pretty logo on a job advertisement or on a site itself. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to being committed or further committing myself to areas that I have allowed to fall by the wayside just because of, of life and trying to just get myself through 2023 as many others have. Yeah, it's been an interesting um, few years and I I still think that times are changing and um, it sounds like a great opportunity for you to continue to reshape how you want the future Sean and uh, and his experience to look and, and feel. Um, Sean, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I really enjoyed having you. And I, of course, wish you a very, very happy, healthy holiday season. Leah, thank you so much for having me, uh, both myself and my organization, Jobs and Trucks and JobsandLogistics.com. Certainly appreciate the opportunity. I'm um, hoping that we are the last because you saved the best for last, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, you know, hope that uh, we might be able to connect uh, here in the new year. Um, That's right. I might have to change the title for your episode. Um, I'll think about it. But um, in the meantime, I want to thank you for joining me on another episode of Taking the Higher Road. Remember, you can submit questions or comments at podcast at driverreach.com. Don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you listen or watch. And until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.